0: And welcome to Plot This is Lane. This is Meg.
1: And today we'll be reading or reviewing A Secret Love by Stephanie Lawrence.
0: So this says it was published in the year 2000. She must have been whipping these books out like every six months. Because I feel like all of them were published in 98, 99, 2000. And is number five in the Bar Sinster series. And this does maintain the bat shittery.
1: That we have come to know and love from the sisters.
0: Indeed. So, you know, we try to subtitle each of them, and this one is batshit, but with a mask. Yeah. It's more of a veil, actually. Yes, definitely.
1: She wears a mask under the veil sometimes.
0: She wears a mask and a veil, and then sometimes they're just in the dark. It's it's a hidden hidden identity thing. Yeah.
1: All right. Book jacket? Let's do it. She was desperate for his help. When a mysterious lady, her face hidden by a black veil, begs Gabriel Sinster for his help, he cannot refuse her plea. For despite her disguise, Gabriel finds the woman alluring, and he is powerless to deny her. But he exacts payment as only a Sinster would demand. With each piece of information he uncovers, she must pay him in
0: the form of a kiss. He was powerless to resist. Lady Alessia Morwellen knows Gabriel is intrigued, but despite the sparks that fly between them, they have never passed a civil moment together. Yet as the stakes get higher, so does Gabriel's desire for payment. And with each overpowering kiss, each passionate embrace, Alessia knows that she will not be able to resist his ultimate seduction, but what will happen when she reveals the truth?
1: Dun dun dun!
0: <laughs> I know, I like needed that. <laughs> um, so we're going with Alethea. Yeah, yes, okay. that's this. What, what did you think it was? Uh, Alethea. Oh, it's definitely. Well, I have. I actually have a stepsister whose name is Alethea. So there's I'm only. Sure so you on this one? I'm like sure. I'm actually, like, pretty sure that the name is Alathea. Great. (laughs) Okay.
1: I mean, it wasn't, I can't say I actually had a real thought.
0: Yeah. You just were like, what is this name? Yeah, pretty much. All right, so this week, the randomly generated number for our summaries was 12. Here's mine. I can't stand to be near you. Must mean we're in love. And mine is, a lifelong friend will
1: obviously only help if she pretends she's widowed.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. I like how we both focused on the fact that they have known each other forever, basically. Yeah, so the this is a little
1: different than the other Sinster novels in that it is not a man stumbling upon a woman he's only known in passing. Yeah. Or known as a little girl or something This they, they've been neighbors their whole lives, but they've never quite been able to get along as adults.
0: Yeah. It's this really, this, this, it, this kind of tropey. I've never seen this actually happen in real life. Right. Where it's, they just, it's not the fact that they don't get along. It's the fact that when they're near each other, they can't just, there's like a physical issue where they just can't like sit still or be normal. And they just feel like irritated all the time. Like literally, I think she writes in the text, she feels like a cat with its hair rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. So, he does. He does. But yeah, that's, that's how they both feel. So they both like feel oil and water. They're not, they don't hate each other. They just don't get along. They just can't be with each other because there's, they just, there's something there that they can't, they don't know what it is. And that something
1: is the reason that when she finds out her father has signed a promissory note that could impoverish the family, she feels like she can't go to him as herself because she knows he can't stand to be around her for too long. Yeah. So she goes to him in disguise claiming to be a widowed countess.
0: Yes. And she makes him promise on his word as a sister that he will not open to and try to find out which recently widowed countess it is. I mean, it's, pretty thin veneer here but i was there for it oh
1: yeah absolutely so obviously right off the bat we got a hidden identity she is lying she is both Alethea. got it both Alethea and the countess
0: yes and of course he also has his own little dual identity as as rupert which is his real name and gabriel which is his nickname also this is Yes, absolutely the stupidest, dumbest, most ridiculous of all of the sinister names, because it's just a name. Also, I'm going to put this out there, unlike the other four, we
1: don't get any explanation as to why he's called Gabriel.
0: Yeah, it's just the fact that he's like the brother of Lucifer, I guess. But unclear. it doesn't, yeah, there's no. Never explained. Not at all, not at all. Plus, if you have listened to our podcast ever, you know that we know that Rupert is, like, a hot name. Uh, so, because Mr. Impossible. Yeah. So what I'm saying is there's absolutely no reason for him to hide that name. But. And he you know. actually, it's not
1: that he hates his name. It's that that is who he was as a child. And Gabriel is the term encompassing the whole of him. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Just going to put that out there.
0: No, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. So look, look. What what can I say? What can I say? Yeah. So his
1: nickname makes, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the least sense of all six.
0: It's definitely possible that it makes the least sense. Although it's not like Lucifer's makes the most sense either.
1: I, I haven't gotten to Lucifer yet. So yeah.
0: yeah. That's fair. That's fair.
1: So she is also, as we mentioned, the girl next door for him. They literally grew up on adjoining estates. Yeah. And they are one year apart in age.
0: Yes. And she's doing it all for her family. So everything she's doing, the whole masquerade, the whole reason she goes for, to him for help is to, to help out her family. It's not for her. She's already determined. So she's older, actually, in this book. So she's 29.
1: Nine? I was going to say, it's actually her whole life that's been for her family. So mm-hmm. when she was 18, she was supposed to have her Grand Society debut. And she overheard her father and the solicitor talking about how the debut was going to bankrupt them.
0: Yeah, and she was like, well, then I guess I can't come out. Well, not only that, she took a
1: look at the books and realized it was a fixable problem. Mm -hmm. So she packed up her bags, packed up her family, and took them all back to the country, where she proceeded to spend the next 11 years keeping the earldom solvent for what she refers to as her stepfamily. Stephanie Lawrence clearly does not know the difference between step and half siblings at all so every time you see step in the context of brother sister sibling replace that with half in your brain yeah yeah absolutely and it does it's actually confusing in the text because she's talking about how her father the earl needed the earldom saved so he'd have something for her step brother charlie to inherit yeah and i was like wait why is a stepbrother inheriting? Did he marry his brother's widow? Like, is there some complicated situation that's going to come out in the story that explains why a child that's not the biological child of the Earl will be inheriting the estate? And then about a page later, I realized, no, it's just that Stephanie Warren doesn't know what no, happens, that means.
0: No, no, she did, she doesn't know. It's not used correctly. The only time it's used correctly is when she refers to her stepmother, obviously. But, right, because
1: yep. that is correct regardless.
0: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's
1: five... Half siblings, not five step siblings.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um. So, but we talked about it. Yeah, Daddy had them all in debt. This is something that I dislike about these books: is how forgiving and supportive and and nice the the women in the family are. I mean, it's not all the time, but in this case, basically, Alethea has forgiven him everything because he's a nice guy and a but, good dad and a good dad. But he's basically. Gam- like financially gambled away all of their money, you know, and not like
1: in gambling house, but just like in bad investments and mismanagement.
0: Exactly, he's just clueless when he could have allowed her to run everything, and did for ten years. But now, of course, he's done it again, and she she only discovers it like by mistake too. So, so this
1: is the debt he got them into, just because this is also the central conflict of the book. Her father met with speculators forming the East African gold something or other, and made a pledge to provide more than the value of the earldom in capital. So it wasn't a ton of money, but it was everything she'd worked to save. And so she finds the promissory note, or a maid does, somewhere in his effects, and then she starts to do some digging and realizes that this is a completely fraudulent scheme that it's a fake company and the only goal is for them to hit low hanging fruit call in all the debt and run off with the cash and so she thinks her only and best bet for saving the earldom is to somehow prove this is fraudulent but as a daughter of a peer she doesn't have very many resources at her disposal so this is when she decides she needs to ask Gabriel, who you may remember is the financial genius of the censors, for assistance. However, she feels like he won't help her, and that's where this crazy scheme comes up in her head.
0: Yeah, because as you may or may not remember, or may or may not know, each of the censors has their own, like, area of specialty, right? I was going to say character trait, but sure. Well, I mean, character trait is also fine, because they're exactly the same, except for... Color, air, hair color, eye color, and area of specialty. Yeah. So, but anyway, so, yeah, he's the financial genius.
1: Um, so, this, the guy who's in charge of this evil scheme looks
0: menacing. He's, he's horrible. tall
1: and burly, but it's all muscle, and he's got huge mutton chops, and just his face
0: looks evil, mm-hmm. and he is evil. Yeah. The big moment requires a big dress. I love this part.
1: I did too, but I I did feel like she didn't do everything she could have with it. No. I feel like she's getting ready and she has her big dress and she makes wardrobe and olfactory choices that really lean into the moment and it's great. And then the whole time they're going through the big denouement, all he's thinking about is getting her out of that dress. And then when he actually goes to get her out of the dress it's not really a thing.
0: Yeah. But I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah. Well, more is never a problem. So I, I can't say that I disagree with you, but I just, (laughs) I have to say that I really, I I actually really, really, really like this part of the book, like a lot. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get there. Um,
1: but, and she obviously has mentioned was a spinster who never made her debut and she's bookish and she's not quite a blue stocking because it's not like she's nerdy. She's, saved the family coffers.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, she, she loves music and, uh, you know, maybe, I, honestly, maybe the reason I like this book is that I like Alacia the most of all of the sister heroines. I think she may be the sister heroine who has the most character development.
1: I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the woman who is a witch has more character development because she is an actual Witch. but other than that yes i don't think any of them have much
0: character development no well and see i would disagree because that's C- katrina's only character development is she's a witch okay but that's awesome <laughs> i can't argue with you i cannot argue with you on that one but no. I, I think Alethia is i like so maybe that's why i like this book the most this is my this is meg's favorite of the sinster of the bar sinsters
1: yeah, I think mine's definitely witches in Scotland.
0: <laughs> Regardless of the fact that she raped him. Yeah, don't care. That book
1: was <laughs> fat shit times a thousand. It really is. It really is. That book is ridiculous. She actually talks to the like ghosts of the god. It's true. Not that's, like metaphorically, literally.
0: That's true. That's very true. I just so, need to put that out there. Yeah. Well, for, for me, I actually like this book. I think for me, this characterization is the most realistic and consistent for both Gabriel and Alathea. I think the sex is still hot, but the thing is, the whole book is just still batshit. So I think, I actually, I think for me, the problem is it loses something in the batshit. Uh, it, it does. It does. It's not the most batshit. That's for sure. So I have the first half of this book
1: is amazing. It is probably one of my favorite parts of the Sincer series when she's masquerading as the Countess, sneaking around, doing a parallel like investigation having to make sure he doesn't put two and two together about who they are. They like break into law offices the same night unplanned and end up like going through all the files, learning they can both pick locks. It's so fun and so insane. It's like, oh, of course you both just need to pick locks so you can. Cool. They're also both tall, which I think is talked about constantly in a way that made me laugh every time it was brought up.
0: I love it. I love it. And I love that like a major part of her disguise is the fact that she has to wear three inch heels.
1: And she's already, like, the tallest woman in the room, so somehow being taller is her disguise. I don't know. It makes no sense. It's so but And fun. it
0: works, though, of course, because he's like, well, there's no... What woman can look me in the eye? Hmm. <laughs> but after she gets caught
1: as leading a double life by him, I re- this book went really downhill for me. I think, one it's the exact same conflict all four of the others have had. And I just, I might be getting bored of it, but this book has so much legitimate conflict with her being the only person keeping her family solvent and like being on the run from blackmailers and bookies. And like, there's so much actually going on that to shoehorn in at the end, I need him to articulate. He loves me. Yeah. As the conflict. It also felt weird because they've known each other, their whole lives. And she does know the Sinsters and she does know what a big deal it is for him to be pursuing her. Mm -hmm. So like for the con like when she's in dire straits and literally might have to marry him to keep her whole family from becoming like homeless for her hangout to be. But what if he doesn't say he loves me felt like lame? Sure. Um,
0: I I think it was more of an issue, though. She does know the Sinsters, and one of their big things is, you know, being honorable. So -hmm. she didn't want to be. Oh, well, now he's found out that I was a virgin. You know, he's got to marry me. She didn't want to... It's all, look, I'm not saying it's unique, because it's not. It's the but whole, it. I got ruined, and now he's being great. But it's also not batshit. Like, if you're going to do true.
1: the, I need you to love me thing, I need it to be
0: completely insane. Sure. And this
1: one, it's just not insane at all. Two, the sex is exactly the same in every single scene they have. It goes, make out, he goes for her boobs. Then she gets completely undressed. And then he only gets undressed to the degree needed to perform the act. And that does not bother me at all when she's the countess, because she won't take her veil off, so disrobing the rest of her body is like <laughs> it's is like best yeah, yeah. And they're, like, in weird public places, and all of that's fine. But even once he figures out who she is, and they're mostly in beds, that's still the way every single scene
0: plays out. No, they're not in a bed line. Okay, we're jumping ahead to sex here, but they are at a ball. This is when she's wearing the amazing dress. They go into, yes, they go into a room, like a, wherever, and he undresses her so that the, the dress will not get wrinkled, and then they no, do it. No, this is the amazing dress. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's a nice ball. It's a nice It's ball not, right this ball. is
1: not the nice like, ball. ball where it goes down. This is the ball before that.
0: Okay. okay. Excuse, excuse me. me, excuse me. But anyway. But anyway. She's got to get all undressed, and... Because if she is not undressed, then it will wrinkle the gown, and then they have sex standing up in the middle of this room, yes. just like just like standing up. He's like, okay, let's do it, and <laughs> she ta- like, I'm sorry, Lane. How can you say that it's not batshit? It's it's batshit, but it's exactly the same batshit as the previous
1: three sex scenes. All right, whatever. That's all. I'm not like individually. I don't have a problem with any of the sex scenes. I just got to the point where, like, I was like, oh, cool, we're three paragraphs in, he's just kissed her, and now yeah. he's reaching for a boob. Yep, now he's reaching, like, it became very formulaic. Um, they both get really obsessed with her being a mom.
0: Yeah. In a way that turned me off in every encounter. It's like the, um, it's like the first book. It's like Devil's Bride. Remember? Because that's how he got Honoria to marry him.
1: Right. But once again, Devil's Bride was insane. Like, to me, I think this book suffers by being a better romance novel. (laughs) Sure. Honestly, in some ways, because stuff that doesn't bother me in Sinister World, because there's no logic, there's enough logic here that it starts to annoy me when it doesn't meet my expectations. All right. And then my least favorite thing about this whole novel is the weird... So the, the villain takes her captive.
0: And then proceeds to detail how he plans to rape her to death. Yeah, no, I mean you'll you'll find no argument from me there. It That's sure. also the part I hate the most about this book. And once again, if this book was just full batshit, like on the one in a different book, if you threw in he
1: killed her ally, threw his body overboard, no time at all was spent discussing that. Then he threatened to rape her to death. Then she picked him off just in time to stop a gun. I'd be like, whatever, don't care, bat But in this one, it's not batshit enough to get away with that <laughs> weird threat of violence.
0: Yeah, no, the, the rape threat is, uh, it's the worst part of the book, for sure. in yeah. my opinion.
1: But I do think you're right that Alethea's relationship, Alethea, damn it, Alethea's relationship with the Sinister family is the strength of this book.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the best part for me. She because in all the other books, the whole a lot of the conflict actually comes from the fact that they don't know what the sinsters are like. Right? Yeah. So My for example. Males.
1: And you gotta use male.
0: Male, you have to say male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they don't know what they're like. So for example, in Demon's book, Demon and Felicity, he takes I her live people horse people bug it with, with horses in batshit with horses they go on a carriage ride in the park in front of all the matrons the grand dames, as stephanie lawrence likes to call them and to them <laughs> that's like enough to show that they're gonna get married right and he's like that's fine for me but flick didn't know that that's what was going on and so that was this huge conflict in that book and in this book, he like tries to, he's like, come and take a carriage ride with me. And she's like, uh, no, I know exactly what you're trying to do. And it's not going to work.
1: Like, right. I I'm not letting you am. make these public declarations.
0: Yeah. She's like, nope. She like 100% knows that waltzing with a sinster is like having sex with one of them, which is why she doesn't waltz with any of the sinsters. <laughs> She knows that they're obsessively protective about their families, which is why she goes to him for help. Like it it actually makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it does. And the way she talks to his mother and talks to his
1: brother and has these longstanding connections, like all that really worked
0: here. Yeah. Um, I really like that she's, she's friends with the Simsters. So she's friends with Lucifer and Gabriel were mm-hmm. Alistair and Rupert. F- FYI, guys, Alistair and Rupert are the names of two of the Carstington brothers. So, every time I read that, I'm like, oh, it's it's, Al- it's my Rupert. But but it's not, because he goes by Gabriel. So she so she's friends with um, Lucifer and Gabriel. Like, they've been friends since forever. They've, they've grown up together. The, their family's estates were adjoining, and, you know, now they're really good friends. And One of the things that happens in this book that I really, really like, and this is this is this goes to show you how little faith I have in these books, basically, Mm -hmm. is that they actually she gives them advice and they actually take it. So basically they treat her, they should treat a woman, which is by treating her like a rational being. So apparently, all you have to do is be raised with the sisters for them to realize that you're a real person. It reminds me a little bit of the whole feminist thing, you know, where they say, think if it was your mother, think if it was your sister. <laughs> it works in sister world too. Think if it was Alathea. Oh. <laughs> I didn't
1: love the very end. So she's asking him. He's asking her help to distract patients while he gets Vane involved in some scheme involving patients' family. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, like, would you keep this from me if you thought it was for my own good? And he was basically like, yup, but I need you to do this right now. And I'm like, oh, you didn't grow at all. Like, this was the yeah. opportunity to show personal growth. And yeah, he- no,
0: it's it's true. But, the, you know, there are times where she, so and that's the other thing, too, is she actually has conversations with people who are not Gabriel. And if you read <laughs> the other books, they most of the time they don't they don't have conversations with anyone except for their love interest and their god and well yes <laughs> and their disciple but in this case she has like full blown conversations with lucifer mm-hmm. you know and, and his mom. he it, and, sorry and his mom and her yeah. solicitor and her family exactly so she she's like an actual fully realized person so honestly i think that's the bar for me if you want me to actually really like your book make the 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 heroine a fully actualized character i will i will like it
1: and i can't dispute that at all i don't think outside of insanity i like stephanie lauren's
0: that's like good job
1: doing something i'd like in a real romance novel that's not what i'm doing here that's fair i don't need her to be fully developed for things to be fucking nuts
0: mike lane said i mean the whole secret identity stuff is is great it's amazing so good
1: it's everything from like the way she's thinking about her perfume choices to come up with this character to like and the detail she puts into making herself taller for some reason, the way the staff's all engaged in helping her cover it up, like all of that is so much fun. Let alone the scenes between him, her and the count, him and the countess, and her and him, because she starts thinking, well, clearly it's his problem if we don't have with like the reason we can't be together. If as the countess he has no problems being with me. Uh-huh.
0: Like it's still so much fun It's really fun Um, And then I actually Feel like he has an appropriate Reaction after he finds Out which mm-hmm. is to be Upset and angry at her for, for I mean let's be honest This is some kind of sexual coercion right He had sex with someone he didn't Know and she knew who it was Right, right. and he was so all okay with that He
1: knew that he knew she knew him And he didn't know her yeah. and so like
0: but yeah. But still, I mean, He's I think it's yeah, exactly, and I think it's totally fair to be upset. Um, if you want to contrast with Scandal, after he found out that he was like, rape, raped, like roofied and raped, and he well, was just like, drugged, well, and yeah. then she continued
1: to drug him, but he did not take the drugs.
0: Yeah. And when he <laughs> found out, he was just like, hmm, I guess I wanted to have sex with her anyway, so it doesn't matter. I guess. I guess the difference between the two books is that in this one he you know I feel like their his reaction is probably pretty appropriate. I was gonna say the other difference is the lack of rupees. Yes, yes. But also less bad shit. So. Yeah. Well because the rupees were bad shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely crazy. No, no, yeah, I, mean, I agree that he's really pissed. He's also angry that he figures it out in a place where they can't be alone. hmm they're at a ball. When he finds a corner, him follows them. Or, like, her suitors follow them. He can't, like, get through this emotional processing. So he drags her off, out on the floor in a waltz. The first waltz they've ever shared. Aww. But proceeds to spend the whole time chewing her out. Yeah. Because he thinks... Who knows? It's not really articulated well. I can't tell whether he believes the Africa Company thing was real or not. Because clearly, at this point, they have enough evidence showing it was real. Yeah. But he basically claims that this was all a guise for her to force him into marriage. Yeah. How his brain got there, unclear. But so he says some awful things. And good choice by Lawrence putting in the text, he said awful things, not the things he said. Yeah, Because I think if we read that rant, we might be like, unforgivable, Yeah, now.
0: Yeah. But... Also, he goes back the next day, so they they part on very bad terms. But he goes to see her the very next day, and he actually, truly apologizes. I think this may be the only sinister hero who ever actually says I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like that too. Honestly, yeah. uh, it's it, his his characterization is consistent here, which is shocking for a sinister novel, right? Yeah. he's been shown to be impatient, react quickly, have a really bad temper where Alethea is concerned, right? So the fact that that's how we react makes total sense.
1: Yeah, no, he's definitely consistent, but that means it's not crazy.
0: This is very true. This is very true. But I mean,
1: I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. (laughs) Um, I also really like, so as a part of coming clean when he figures out she's the countess, she has to explain that her reason for secrecy and her reason for disappearing from the town was the dire financial straits of her family and knowing that they can't stand to be in the same room. And when she articulates all of that over the course of several chapters and several other encounters, he determines that their like oil and water issue was driven by the fact that they were told they were siblings when they actually wanted to be together. Yeah. Rocket science. And that, um, he could have helped her if she'd involved him in the problem way back then. First of all, she clearly learned on the job. Like this whole process was clearly very, very formative for her. But second of all, Meg, you have a really good point here.
0: So this is 11 years ago. He would have been 19 years old. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is also when he was a cavalry officer fighting in Waterloo. Right. So what would he have done? I don't know. What would he have done 20 years ago? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what he
1: could have done, but he's just like, we could have been a team. And that's also her biggest thought sort of about the two of them is she's done so much alone. Yeah, And when she's resistant to being with him long term, it's because she's like, I don't want to get used to relying on him if he's not going to be there because this is really nice. So I get the desire for both of them to be like, oh, wait, partnership. But also it's a lot of revisionist history that like they've missed their grand opportunities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do. One of the things I actually like about the book, too, is after she expresses to him, you know, if if you had wanted to marry me, I was here all along. You could have come to me during these many, many years when you were raking it out, raking it up out in the town. I was there. Like, you could have come to see me. Mm -hmm. Why now? Why is this suddenly a thing? And one of the things I actually love about this book is that he woos her. So he takes her to the opera. He knows that she really likes music. He takes her to the opera. Um, On the night of her sister's come-out ball, he knows that she never got um to come out. And so he has her, he sends her the posies that a young girl would get and he sends it to her on that day. It just feels to me like they actually saw each other as actual people. Well, and it's and interesting I liked that a lot. because he decides to marry her and he
1: says this as the countess. Yes. He decides to marry the countess who he doesn't know at all. Yes. So he does what exactly what the other four sisters have done, which is make the decision to get married. Based on nothing really but lust and a gut feeling, yeah. But then when he realizes he's made that decision about someone he actually knows, he goes to great lengths to show how how well he knows her and how much attention he's paid over the years, even when yes.
0: they were at odds. So I, I that's one thing I actually honestly really like about the book. I, yeah, you know? I did like that. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And like Lane said, I mean the major issue with this book is in the the last couple of chapters when she gets kidnapped
1: just I get that the villain had to be a bad guy right like this had to be the kind of person who was willing to go to any odds to fleece ignorant investors and people who didn't have much like they talk about the fact that his target are shopkeepers are people who are like investing their life savings not speculative cotton investors oh ton investors sorry Cotton. um <laughs> but but did he also then have to be the kind of guy who wanted to see fear in a woman's eyes when he raped her to death? Because that is articulated.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like really ridiculous. But hey, this is, I will say we have the sinister trope coming in here, which is that yes. they take vengeance into their own hands. So they for the entire book, they have been preparing a legal argument against this guy, right? So they're going to take him right. to court and take him down. But they have witnesses, what they have
1: documents they have, like they've been building a case. Yeah. And, and they've been trying to fly under this guy's radar.
0: And you're like, yeah, this is great. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I remember that there was this encounter at the end of the book, but I didn't remember exactly what happened at the end. And I was disappointed because I, if they had a, you know, I am a sucker for a courtroom drama. I would have loved if they had the scene in the courtroom. But no, what happens? They kill him, yeah. toss his body overboard.
1: And, no,
0: they leave his body. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, abandon the body. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's right, they have to abandon the body so everyone knows that he's dead. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't disappear. Uh, and then they're just really happy because they don't actually have to go to court and expose the family to scandal. I don't know why their whole scheme in the first place wasn't just to kill him. If that's how I mean, it that ended they oh. killed him in self-defense. The plan wasn't to kill him, I but know. once they had him dead, it was. Be- it worked out better for everyone. Yeah. They it, were it, so him. it's it's just so ridiculous and so stupid. And I was like, oh, really? You? I mean, I you almost had me forgetting that this was a sinister book, but they went full sinister at the end. So
1: I do have to talk about one of my favorite Batshit moments, which was unfortunately lumped in with the weird sexual violence threat. So it brought it down for me. They find, the whole book, they're searching for this one key witness, an Afri- a captain who works in Africa, who will yes. be able to cooperate. They find him by happenstance in the very end, in a very sinister way. And then he's like super eager to help, which they hadn't been anticipating. He's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to get documents. I'm going to get the works and I'm going to come and we're going to put this guy in jail. And they, Gabriel goes to talk to him. He's like, dude, we don't let this guy know what we're up to. So, like, thank you for your enthusiasm, but, like, be careful about where you're asking questions, what you're asking for. Like, this guy is willing to kill people. Yeah. And the you hear about all of this secondhand. You only have one scene with him, and it's the scene where Alethea finds him. So he doesn't take your advice, and you find out through a very, like, inconsequential comment from Evil Man that, in fact, he hunted him down, murdered him, and threw his body in the ocean. And they all just take his word for it. No one tries yep. to find him. No one are like, the best we can do to avenge this man is bring the villain to justice. And it's like, you don't know anything about this dude. You yep. have no idea if that's accurate. It's yep. like, it was one of the few moments of actual batshittery in this <laughs> investigation, true. and I relished it.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, I just want to mention this also because I they thought
1: talk too. Oh my god, thank you.
0: Right? They talk briefly about Flick and Demon. So as you know, we hated Batshit with Horses. That was like the worst of the censored oh books by far. And um, they talk about. So this book opens at Flick and Demon's wedding, I believe. Yep. And uh, they mention that Flick and Demon are out on their honeymoon. And what are they doing on their honeymoon, Lane? Visiting race tracks so they're going all around the british island or isles i don't know if they go to ireland or not but they are just checking out all of the different racehorses oh my god i hate i hate flick and demon so much they're so boring and of course by the way throwaway line at the end
1: patience and flick and which woman are all pregnant which woman <laughs> katrina whatever katrina all pregnant and oh, like right. they don't even tell you horse lady's pregnant. Her husband just makes a comment about the way one of the other expected fathers is acting, and Gabriel's like, "Oh, you're gonna be a dad." Oh yeah. I mean like, the th- whole th- thing. It's ending, such a sinister thing. Host sucky moment of sexual violence. This gets very sinister. Oh yeah. Like this very rational book that had not been sinister really for much of the middle, full sinister.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's you you. This is definitely a censure book. It, it gets in there. So we've talked about it already a little bit, but um, offensiveness, general censure, misogyny. Yeah, but personally, I find that it has a little bit less than the other books, just because they know Alethea, and also Alethea actually calls it out a lot. She does, which I really appreciated about her.
1: Yeah, um, I hated the villain so much.
0: Yeah, he, he was just awful. She was just terrible. He was too far. Like he, he was, he was a bridge too far, a cinder too far. It was not good. He he was too much. He was absolutely too much. It's not enough that he's gonna ruin, you know, all these people financially. Yeah, he's gotta also be a murderer and a rapist and whatever. Yeah. And uh, okay, so yes, basically he so Gabriel tells Alecia, "You're in love with me," and he's like. She's like, how do you know? What do you mean? And he was like, well, you've had plenty of chances. You're 29 years old. You could have had sex with whoever you wanted. And you had sex with me. And I was like, Gabriel, how many women have you slept with in those 11 years? It was just too much for me. I was like, ugh. Uh,
1: I did enjoy the Chillingworth character pushing all of Gabriel's bullshit buttons. Oh, like yeah, every time because not only did you call him out, but every time he went too far and got too cocky, the fact that she
0: and Chillingworth liked each other. yeah, was like a huge thorn in his side, and I really enjoyed watching him suffer. Yeah, so I actually really so Chillingworth has appeared as you know, from the first novel, Chillingworth has been in a lot of these books. And I thought here he got more character development than just, yeah the this uh, this other rake of the ton. So here it was pretty fun. Looks
1: like a Sinister, but isn't.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, okay. Am I spoiling too much if I say in no, the next No, he's clearly book? related to them, Meg. He's no, no. In the next book, he gets uh, he becomes an honorary Sinister, so oh, they adopt him into the clan. Which one of? No, the no, twins? he doesn't. He doesn't marry them. Oh. Under okay. them, but they they elect him to be part of the sinster clan.
1: I mean, honestly, I was waiting for the way that somehow we had another affair that wasn't an affair because a witch seduced someone and he's actually related.
0: No, no. no. Nope. Okay. Or he married in
1: or some shit. Okay.
0: No, well, no, no. Anyway, we'll talk about it. So, sexiness. Can't wait. Um, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I feel bad that Lane was disappointed in the sexiness of the book. I wasn't at all
1: during the parts where she was the Countess. Mm-hmm. Because the way that they had to work around her remaining mass and veiled and like her continuing to try to come up with situations where he wouldn't be able to seduce her and then him finding ways to do it anyway and then like him realizing once he figures out who she is that when they had sex in the carriage the carriage driver he's known his whole life is the one that was there like all of that was great and so sexy and so fun i thought the sex Went downhill once it was between Alethea and Gabriel.
0: Yeah, well, and part of that is because the the book, like I like I have talked about, actually has some pretty consistent and believable characterization. Mm-hmm. And once he finds out who it is, they don't have sex for a while. So the middle of the book really doesn't have very much sex.
1: Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like sneak into her room. So even once they've calmed down and have come to an understanding and are still hooking up, their opportunities are
0: limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the I will say the first time we had, so she has told him that she is a countess, a widow. And he figures out that she's actually a virgin about halfway through the penetration, of course.
1: <laughs>
0: because men can do that. And
1: then my favorite part is he's like virgin widow.
0: That's weird, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah, he like, doesn't need him to question her story at all, right? He's like, it's odd. You don't, you don't hear, her. you don't, n- not much of that going on these days. But I guess it could happen. Yep. So funny. So fun. Oh my god, I, it was so funny. I loved it. And then, like Lane said, the second time they they do it, it's in a carriage. And like literally, this is go around the park until I tell you to stop.
1: It's like also-
0: literally, that's what they say to the coachman.
1: So she's come up with the idea that somehow meeting in a carriage, he won't be able to have sex with her. Oh, 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 she learns quickly. But she does have a reason she needs to meet with him. She's been putting off meeting with him since they had sex because she knows he thinks it's going to happen again. So she's been putting it off as long as possible until she has something really urgent they have to talk about. And the second he gets in the carriage, they do not talk about it. Nope. Like, she caves immediately. There's not even a protest of, like, can we get business done first? Nope. Yep. Nope. They have sex once, briefly discuss it, and then have sex again on the way back to his place. It's yep. really hot and really fun and like really sinister.
0: It's so funny. I also love, like Lane said, she sets up their second meeting, the second discussion, to be in a carriage, specifically so that they will not bone. <laughs> and he gets the he gets the letter and he's like, odd choice. She obviously doesn't have much experience setting up these trysts, but I can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> like his thought is she somehow thinks this is a good venue. Yeah, but he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. a sister, I can handle it. It was I mean, it's great. It's so great. It was and
1: it's just especially fun knowing that the coachman who are who hears them and the guy who takes her home when she gets home is someone who knows him. Uh-huh. Like he's mortified, but not enough to stop
0: yeah oh oh no oh no and i've I've already talked about this but yeah once they reconcile and and she like accepts that he's wooing her and i basically by by this point she's like yeah i'm in love they just bone at a ball in a room just standing up Mm -hmm. just because you know why not he's a sinister let's do it yep right can't ruffle her feathers yeah uh, and then there's one final scene. It's not like super explicit, but there is the, the only scene that happens in a bed. Happens. No, the first one's in a bed. Well, I guess it's against a wall and they move to the bed. Yeah, it's wall to bed, which I don't know if we can count it. A bed's involved. A bed's involved. Bed, a bed adjacent. <laughs> a bed adjacent. <laughs> but she, so he saves her, they save each other actually from the villain. Which, yep. also, look, if you're going to have this whole thing in the book, I liked that they save each other. There was at least a gesture towards a little bit of gender equality.
1: <laughs> well, and hes it's so weird, because stuff that men in that era would have been very weird about, like, investments. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll, like, split all that. We'll split running the estate. It's great that you're going to be able to help me out. I've been doing it by myself for so long. But things like, if my brother was in danger, would you let me help you? He won't see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, Ugh. But anyway, so they go back to his bachelor pad, which he shares with Lucifer. Oh, um, the scene is hysterical because she, like, thinks she is going back
1: because he's injured and he needs to be nursed. And everyone else present knows he's not that hurt. So they think her insistence on accompanying him home is a sexual thing. And uh-huh. she's the only one not in on the joke.
0: Yeah, it's I, I love it. So they go back. They have sex. It's great. But then the next morning... The, so... I will say this happens at the end of um, almost all of the sinsters is that there's a perspective switch. So it's going to be the next guy in the series, right? Most mm-hmm. of the time there's one left. So if
1: you haven't figured out right now, the next one's Lucifer and mm-hmm. you can't. count.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, so I usually dislike this scene because it's just really dumb. It's just like, Oh, I'm not going to get married. Mm. You know, it mm-hmm. happens at the wedding of the the couple. And then it's the next one that she's going like, well, I better get out of here. I'm not going right. to get married. This one changes it up a little. And I actually really liked it. This is from mm-hmm. Lucifer's perspective. He comes into the breakfast room to find Gabriel and Alasia just having a nice breakfast. And he can tell by the way they're hanging out that they just had, like, some really great sex last night. <laughs> and then he gets to be like, didn't see this one coming. He's like, yeah. He's just like, "God damn it, really? <laughs> so I actually really, really liked that. So that... Basically, this is my favorite one. There are just so many things that I really liked about it mm-hmm. that I can overlook, or maybe just not read. I don't know. the whole The whole villain part is is really disgusting and it's really gross and it could ruin the book for someone. I honestly, um, but I really like the rest of it.
1: I'm this is very middle of the pack for me. Mm-hmm. It's clear. Oh, Naked Neighbor. Um, it's clearly better than Horses. Oh yeah, by a country I'm
0: and it's look, it's better than vain too. I was gonna say, and I think it's better than vain,
1: except that I love the ending of that one with everyone crammed behind a single screen. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like,
0: that was
1: the, so the reveal of the villain from that for that one was a strength of the book, and the reveal of the villain here is the weakness, and so it's kind of hard with the. It's day tough, one. Yeah. Um, my favorite is definitely Witches of Scotland.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think this one is up there with Devils for me. Like yeah. it's good. I don't dislike it. But I think there's a little too much legitimate romance replacing the bat shittery. And I don't think I have the same romantic sensibilities as Stephanie Lawrence. That's fair. So but anyway.
0: i Yeah. But it's, unlike horse people, which skip it. Skip yeah. horse people. Skip it. This one has like possibly the best carriage sex scene ever. Like maybe not the best, but it's up there.
1: Top five for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Top five. Yes. Top five sure. <laughs> that's a good one. And, uh,
1: I mean, if you're going to do, this is one of, we've talked before about how Stephanie Lawrence writes long books. The fact that these are friends, or I guess long-term acquaintances, reconfiguring the dynamics of their relationship, having a little bit of extra time to let that breathe does make their love story feel realistic. Yeah. I I think that's definitely a strength
0: here. Yeah, I think possibly this is the book where I believed the relationship the most.
1: Yes, I, the, the criticisms I have of this book are only minorly Gabriel and Alethea's relationship. It's mostly when it falls into the sinister tropes that I'm like,
0: seriously, this yes. was
1: I'm like, seriously, this wasn't necessary here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. I can't argue with that. So.
1: But yeah, definitely recommended. And, you know, it's a sinster, So
0: have fun. And if you enjoy our podcast, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening.